Um, <clears throat> the focus this summer, or oh, in August, has been about... A jumping challenge. Well, I've made a deal with Alex that next week we're going to have another competition, and he has chosen the race is going to be a jumping one, isn't it, Alex? Thank you. As, as we've been thinking about or watching Olympics and stuff, I thought it would be good for us to look into some of the disciples. And some of them that we've looked have been popular, and some of them, which one of them we're going to be looking today, is not that popular. And um, as we were praying this morning in the day spring, um, I expressed the concern of mine that despite of all the enjoyment and the facts that we are watching the Olympics, there is a lot of things that is going on in the world. And um, I just really wanted to take a moment before we carry on with the spirit of the Olympics to, to pause and to acknowledge the fact that there's still wars, there's still people who are affected families who are affected, people are being killed, um, refugees is out of the scene again, and I just wanted for us to take a moment to pause and to ask God to continue to teach us to pray as His people for all the situations. Reminded of Turkey... Yemen, Syria, those who are en route to the place of their dreams. And also of those countries that we don't hear a lot because media has no interest in them. But there are still struggles. So I just want to give that space for us to think, perhaps we've got a particular situation that we can think of in our heads, and it will be good for us to pray for that. And then I will, I'll pray. Lord, my prayer continues to be today that the promise of your mercy being new every morning will be true, Lord, today. And as we all, as corporate body, we think of different situations, we pray, Lord, that in our hearts we're all together to intercede for these people, these situations. And we say, Lord, with all our hearts, have mercy. And as your people, Lord, we pray that you continue to teach us what to pray and how to pray for these situations. 
that as your people, Lord, we are able to stand for your kingdom because we want your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So help us, Lord, to pray. Help us, Lord, to remember. And help us, Lord, to do things, Lord, that we feel called to do as your church in a Western world. So continue your work amongst us, I pray, Lord. But even more so, we pray for all those countries and all those people that are affected today that the truthfulness of the good news of Jesus will be true for them today, Lord. And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Well, Debs kind of started us off by talking about which place and in what place. Um, and I just wanted to think a little bit today about an apostle which we read very little about and we know very little about. Um, I mentioned it earlier on and his name is James, the son of Alphaeus. Now, can we have the first slide? You're not going to be impressed with my slides this morning. I just wanted to give more like a visual help. And then I'm going to ask Alex to help me to do something. Thank you. So, Jesus, we, we remember that from the Gospels reading, Jesus chose 12 people to actually teach them, to really demonstrate to them uh, what his mission on earth was, and also to pass on the baton to them so they can carry on changing the world and transforming the world. And have we got somebody here who is brave enough to tell us the names of the 12 disciples? John, do you want to go? Come on. Well, can we have the next slide, please? <laughs> so, so, Alex, yes. are you going to help me yes. to tell the church the name of the 12 disciples? Are you going to be able to read or do you want to repeat after me? So, we're going to read from Matthew, okay? So, it's Simon Peter, Andrew... James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot. 
Thank you, Alex. Well done. So, there is only certain places in the New Testament that the disciples of Jesus are mentioned as a group. And there's only four. And in all those four places, there are two disciples that are always listed on the fourth. No, sorry. No. It is fifth. Sorry. Philip. And then the ninth, James, son of Alphaeus. The other names you can see that they interchange. Now, I'm not going to be building a big theology about the listing and stuff like that. But I just wanted to draw our attention. Here we've got James. He has been selected, like the others, from Jesus. Perhaps we don't know the way that he was selected, but we know that when Jesus called his disciples, they were called to leave immediately what they were doing and follow him. So when Jesus called the fishermen, they had to leave the fishing nets and the fishing boats and follow Jesus. When he called Matthew, which was a tax collector, Matthew had to leave the tax collector's desk and follow Jesus. So there is that moment of, of leaving stuff immediately and following Jesus. Now, we don't know the story how James, the son of Alphaeus, was called and what was his profession. We don't know, we know very little about him. But there is one thing that we see from all the writers of the New Testament that somehow he fits in the ninth place. So he's not on the spotlight. But whenever we're talking about the disciples as a group of disciples, he's mentioned there. He is in the ninth place, but present when Jesus is teaching them. Do you know when there was the time when Jesus was teaching the disciples the parable of the sower and the farmer? And after he had explained to them, in Luke 8 we read that the disciples did not understand what Jesus was saying. And it says disciples in plural. So I'm assuming James was there. Also I'm assuming that James was there when Jesus was with his disciples in the storm. And they had to go to the other corner and all of a sudden there was this big, big thunderstorm that started. And the, the, the waves started getting into the boats. And the disciples go to Jesus and say, we're going to be drowning. Help us. And James was one of them. Yes, he was not on the spotlight, but he was present. Because the writers remind us that he was present there. Uh, also, James was being part of something which was big. Because Jesus was preparing him to be a disciple. Although not on the spotlight, but to be a disciple, to carry on with the ministry that Jesus was going to hand over to his apostles. Do you remember in Acts chapter 1, when all the apostles were together praying? We knew who was the one that wasn't there. Judas wasn't there. But all the disciples in Acts 1.13 
where they are praying and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And they were all parts of that big, big thing that happened with the birth of the church in, from Acts chapter 2 onwards. And if we read the church history, or if we read a little bit from the church fathers, we again read very little about James. But one thing that stands out is that James carried on his ministry that Jesus entrusted him with by being faithful, by sharing and preaching the good news in the synagogues near Jerusalem. And there are some good rumors that believe that James, the son of Alphaeus, was persecuted in Jerusalem because he became such a threat to the Jewish authorities that he was continuing to press on with the message of the good news. So, what do we want to learn from this? Now, I've really been thinking this week that ninth place does not sound very good when it comes to the pressure of society. Ninth place doesn't sound very good when it comes with the results of AA or GCSE levels, AA levels or GCSEs. I don't know as parents what aspirations you've got for your children, but also for you youngsters, I don't know what dreams you've got for yourselves, but we are reminded this morning from James that what is most important thing is for him to remain faithful and being known as the little James, actually. That's what the church history knows him, the lesser one, because there was another James, which was the son of Zebedee. So I just want to bring it here because the question that I've got for myself and for you this morning is, do I have the courage to serve God boldly even when no one acknowledges my work. Even when I've got so much pressure, so much pressure to perform, to perform, to perform, that I forget and then let aside my walk with God. The other question that I've got is, this day and age, in the Western developed society, am I content to be the little one, the lesser one, the one with not such a big significance, not on the spotlight. The question that I've got for the church is, how are we raising the next generation of Christians, leaders, young people, children? Are we focusing more on fame, on rank, and are we not pressing on faithfulness? That's what I want to bring this morning, because I think even though James, son of Alphaeus, was listed always on the ninth place, whenever the New Testament writers wrote about him, he still pressed on 
being faithful to God and to the gospel that was entrusted to him. And I think scriptures are encouraging us this morning for faithfulness. The challenge is, what do I want to do? As Debs reminded us, the starting point is irrelevant. I think it's a silver medal in the end that counts. When we face... I thought he came here. When we face him face to face, and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant.